Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to this week's uh, Look Sports Media League 2 podcast. Uh, we were, should have had a full uh, complement of games this weekend, but actually, I've not actually counted how many there were. There weren't as many as there should have been. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and five postponed. Uh, so we'll go through the games that did happen and uh, talk about some of the things that's going on at the, the clubs where there weren't games on Saturday. So I'm Hannah. I'm uh, joined today by Lauren, who's back again. Hello. Hello. And newcomer to the podcast, but 606 regular and breakdown attendee. 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 Yeah, that was that contributor, uh, co-host, all, all the things. Pain. Pain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're a Wrexham fan. I am. As you can see there, there's my child. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you're listening on, uh, listening, watching on YouTube, then you'll see Stace's background. Uh, she is the mother of Caleb, who is very well known to the Wrexham players. He's their little mate, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Point's cute. laughs> yeah. So 
yeah, we're going to go through the games that happened. Uh, lots going on in the general league of League Two. Crikey. It's been a long day. Yeah, it has been a long day. And I feel like it feels like a long time since we've had kind of proper normal League Two because mm. we've had Papa John's, whatever it's called, Bristol Street Motors in the meantime. We had older shots in the FA Cup. So I think it's probably Salford the week before. Yeah, probably. Then, yeah. No, oh, no, that was after a while, older show, wasn't it? I think. No, I can't even remember. I've been ill as well. Yeah, that, it's that Taylor Swift t shirt, isn't it? And there we go. Mm -hmm. So, not knitting and foot knitting and netball, but Taylor Swift already, and we're two and a half minutes in. So, where should we start? Let's, I tell you what, let's do. Tell us what's going on at Wrexham Stays because you were supposed to play. Who were you supposed to play on the weekend? Uh, Forest Green. Right. Was that a relief to be off? Do you think or? Um, I think it's probably good for the players, obviously, because yeah. we've got quite a few injuries at the minute as well. So mm. in that respect, I think it's good. The lads needed a night off, but I know a lot of Wrexham fans were fuming because they were literally... It was late, wasn't it? Yeah, and then they said it was called off because they didn't make the decision till was it half 11? And then wow. like, everyone knew about quarter 12, 12. Well, oh. we were all That's nearly crazy. there. That's not good, is it? No. I think, I think was there were ones really early. Was it Barrow? Bar uh, yeah, Barrow was Friday, and then yeah, Bradford was early on Saturday. Um, I think Sutton was quite late on I feel like that popped up when I was driving to Morecambe on the like on my phone um but yeah they were all all the games that were postponed were for waterlogged pitches uh, which is understandable I mean we talked on our little group chat about uh the joy of I think it was Bradford fans complaining that they didn't have under pitch heating. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what they maybe they fancied a bath. Like, I don't know. I think they think it's probably a plug for water that you just pull it and all the water <laughs> goes through underneath the pitch. But yeah, under heating, um, like under soil, isn't it? It's yeah. more for snow and ice, really, not rain. It's not gonna work for that. It's not gonna and work for at our level, the running costs, and I was determined to try and find of the running costs and the cost so the cost for installing it is about half a million pounds but then every time you run it and the, the, i could only get figures from two i think it was 2011 and we all know what's happened to the price of fuel since but in oh, 2011 yeah. it was three grand if you had to run it for two days so you know if you're in a cold snap and you've got it on constantly and you've got to run it through all the time anyway because mm -hmm. obviously you know pipes freeze uh, but there's some that I'm, and someone can remind me who it is because I know someone either in our in our league or below has got under soil heating installed, but it's not connected. Apparently, it's never been connected to a boiler, and so it's kind of utterly pointless. But they have got it technically. It's the Bansfield. I don't know, no, because what I, I did look after you said that, and they um, 
on you know when you have all the kind of facts and figures about grounds it, it specifically said they didn't mk don supposedly did at some point um when they were higher up i think but yeah it was someone that surprised me it was someone that i thought that maybe the pitch might have been flipped. maybe i don't think it was morecambe but it was someone who I, I vaguely remembered the pitch being redone because it had been flooded um, and it was part of that, but it was never connected to a boiler, so kind of pretty pointless. But yeah, at, at our level, it is a cost that doesn't necessarily stack up. Um, although one thing that you do have to take into account as well, with particularly with Saturday games that are postponed, is the cut like the economics and this is that like Lauren and I are having uh, a podcast with Chloe in January about kind of economics of football and, and stats and data I was like, oh this is one for this but the cost of moving it because you go from a Saturday where you've got maybe hospitality packages sold yeah you've got um you know people are, are more likely to be off work to them it being a Tuesday and suddenly you don't have like and it was I think at Premier League it was something like 200 grand the difference in terms of gate receipts and what they'd expect to make from catering and things like that it was really interesting so um yeah so that you know I think at this time of year and, and we'll see it more going into December there are clubs that actively won't make much of an effort to get games on uh because mm. they're limping through to the transfer window Forest Green potentially are one of those. Dale Vince has said that he's adamant that they're going to get, they're going to avoid relegation to the National League, which I think will involve considerable money thrown at it. He said they've got a big target list um, and want to make some significant recruitment. I mean, where they are in the league, like 20 seconds. They're, they're going to have to really turn things around, but he expects that they'll be able to do that. We'll just have to see, won't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I was going to ask you, what, what happened to um, a Conquo state? Because uh, I think he was a jaw. Yeah, he's got a broken jaw, so he's having to have minor surgery, so he's gone back to Arsenal oh, um, for now. Yeah. Um, so he could be back before January um, oh to play a few games for us or not. We just don't know. It's up in the air because yeah. you know the it's up in January, isn't it? Was it okay? Mm, but that's yeah. they hate to extend that, wouldn't they? In... Yeah, I think we're hoping to buy him from what I've heard. Um, right. But yeah, it just depends, doesn't it? I know his contracts up with Arsenal soon as well, so. I don't know. It's just up in the air, but we do need him. Yeah, really. yeah. Is it fair that your kind of more consistent form is in line with his arrival, or is that not a fair comment to make? Um, I've noticed at the games myself, like just watching in person, that our defenders, especially Toza, are just so much relaxed when he's in goal very calm and collected um i couldn't tell you what that is because i think chomp howard um is a good goalie you know we wouldn't have got promoted without him 
he took us most of the way there. The people seem to forget that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what it is, but they're not as calm when he's in goal. I've noticed recently. So maybe it's just Arthur's presence because I've you know spoke to him quite a lot, and he's just so chill. <laughs> so relaxed that he just fall over even when you're chatting to him you know you, when you're talking to someone that their voice is just so calming that you feel like oh I could just have a nap now in a good way <laughs> that's that's how he is <laughs> and that's what you want from a goalkeeper don't you like Ben Hinchliffe's quite like that in terms of just you know in control doesn't yeah. Like, oh, yeah like hard a few weeks ago and it was a bit of a shock like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of uh, goalkeeper issues, that's a nice segue into Accrington Stanley. Yeah. I've got Joe Walsh from QPR as their second emergency goalkeeper of the season. Um, they had, so they had Toby Savin, who was brilliant for them. Um, and then he went out in September and John McCracken came in from Norwich, which was supposed to be a seven day loan. And it was around the time that we played them, but he's obviously still been there and then got injured against Swindon. So Joe Walsh is 21. Uh, he came through Gillingham's Academy and played eight times for them um and then went on to join QPR in 2021 and has made one first team appearance to the club since and by all accounts wasn't brilliant on Saturday yeah um I think in the forum they were saying things like it wasn't a brilliant debut for him and that he looked quite easily beatable I don't know if that was necessarily um him just having an, a poor match or whether I mean, every game was plagued, well, pretty much every game was plagued by horrific weather and just the winds that he was also up against. I mean, you you can't blame him if a bounce goes here or there and it looks a bit um, no. precarious because just the wind picking up a ball when you don't expect it to and things like that. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get, get on to Morecambe, but at Morecambe, the ball, it looked like it was one of those like prank balls that's got someone with a you know remote control in it and because it would just it would get, just go in one direction and then and suddenly go back or just stop dead and drop it was yeah absolutely crazy but that was yeah it was nil nil so I don't I don't think there's that much more to say about that I don't know if you know anything else you came across <laughs> no apparently it was just pretty much a both teams had chances I mean one I think a goal was considered um like a goal went, a ball went into the back of the net, but was um, disregarded. Um, the ball, the whistle was blown way before the ball hit the back of the right. net. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then someone like got a pretty decent shot away, but there was nothing. Um, like it, it was a very equal game, really, from what I've heard. Yeah, like, and that could have been. Yeah, that's reflected in the possession as well. So uh, 53% to Accrington, uh, 47 to Doncaster. But Accrington with a lot more of the shots on target. And the, the interesting one about this one is that Doncaster had beaten um, Accrington Stanley in the first round of the FA Cup. So it was their kind of opportunity to, opportunity to avenge it. Um, and, you know, had, but like, as you said, both, both sides had some um, 
some good chances and Accrington started particularly well with jo- with Josh Woods on but just kind of messy I think as well as, exactly as you say you know in terms of uh, the weather and um, I get I don't know maybe it's a time of year thing everyone just feels a little bit sluggish and you know, we'll talk about Notts County and Walsall. In fact, should we talk about that now? Like Luke Williams has said that, you know, they they look like a completely different team to him. Mm, yeah, I think they had quite a cagey start with the conditions as well, didn't they? Yeah, and yeah. Walsall tried their, their luck um, with quite a quick free kick as well, didn't they? Near yeah. the halfway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they hadn't won in five, so it was a proper um, around for them. Yeah. And hadn't scored in three. Yeah, it was a. Uh, from what I've seen, obviously I wasn't there, but from what I've watched of the highlights, um, the first half they had very few chances as well. Um, mm. But then they took the lead at like is it thirty three, thirty four minutes, thirty three minutes. Yeah, they um one thing as well about uh Notts County this season and, and we've said it throughout and their their fans say it's that defensively they're really struggling. I think it'd be interesting to see what happens there in January. They've scored they well, going into it, they were joint top scorers in the league. Um, but yeah. are I think there's only two or three teams that have conceded more than them in the division and they've got away with it in a way like Wrexham have in terms of you know we'll score more than you but um yeah Walsall it was um sorry not had like 67 percent possession again they've always got really high possession so they're not struggling there what's that like midfield maybe but their defense is obviously they just can't stop that ball can they no and and they were one nil up weren't they so it was a um a mckenty brace that that turned that around it's i don't know and they're still in sixth and you know sally for sally's Notts county fan she comes on the 606 and she's She's really pragmatic about it. She's like, you know, if anyone had told us we'd be in the playoff positions at this point in the season, we'd be delighted. Um, there is a, you know, they had 67% of the possession. They they hold the ball really well, Notts County, and play it, like pass it beautifully. But that's a style that is almost being found out. And it's so different. Like we've talked in the past about, um, you know, speed of play and, and complexity of play. And you've got all of these teams kind of in the middle of this, uh, like, two-by-two matrix. And then you've got Notts County at, like, the other end, which is great. And it's why it kind of unsettled people originally. But once you work out how to play against that, then it it becomes an awful lot simpler. And I think that's what's happened. Um, they've It sounds really harsh, but they've been found out essentially and that people know now what they need to do and and how to get the better of them oh yeah definitely because even that like you said the passing is spot on usually i mean 80 85 percent most games yeah so they're not they're not a bad team i didn't say that (laughs) 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 
<laughs> but yeah, they're not a bad team at all. I think there's just something going on with their defenders right now, isn't there, that they need to sort out and sort out very quick because the amount of conceding that they do as well. I know Wrexham go before I get it in the neck of Knox fans. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's becoming a bit more obvious with Knox, isn't it, conceding more now as well. And across the league, like we've had this um, since the beginning of the season and it's even more the case now that County have ended their run. There's been no one that has been consistent throughout. There is no one that has um, has worked away. And, and that's why County is still top of the league, I think, because everyone, like you're not counties, you're Rexhams. There's only Barrow who are absolutely storming at the moment. Dropping points. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've dropped, stopped, dropped the ball quite a lot. And it's quite telling that, because um, we haven't won in a fair bit. I mean, I know obviously some of those weren't league games, but it's it's quite um, interesting that no one's really... I mean, the gap's been closed, but it's not sort of breathing down the neck of county in a way. So I think yeah. that's that's quite telling of that. There's yeah. definitely issues all around the uh, the league. I think people, um, especially teams, I think, like you were saying with Knotts and a few others, their original style that they were playing has been sort of found out. And mm. I think it'll be interesting to see in the January transfer window if teams look for players who are going to change that for them and become sort of an element of mystery. Um, I think that's definitely something to look at right after the Christmas like period to see if there's... um some major changes there yeah because I mean Gillingham were utterly transformed in the transfer window we should have played them before Christmas and I've often said that I think if we had have played them before Christmas we may well have gone up because what the, the Gillingham team that we played in I don't even know when it was March was completely different and I think you know for your forest greens Gillingham going into the transfer window last year were battling relegation. They were right down at the bottom and they completely turned it around. Crawley were another one, a little bit slower, um, but theirs was a managerial change. Um, we're seeing that potentially. Oh, let's talk about Grimsby. It's exciting. And um, so Grimsby, since David Artel started I think have drawn one and then they lost in the cup against someone in league mm -hmm. one um but on Saturday it was David Artel who we utterly adore at Look Sports Media um but it was his first home game in charge of Grimsby it was also his first so crew obviously he was at um as a player and as um, a manager and was, is the only person to ever captain and manage um, a crew team to, to promotion. But also crew have not, I think it was, it goes back literally decades since an ex-crew manager has played against them. So it's not something they're used to. And um, obviously Lee Bell is very well known to David Artel. Um, they were at crew together. Um, but Grimsby won 2-1 one, 
Um, it was 2-0 right up to the 78th minute um, when White scored. But um, Aboisa, um cracking goal in the 18th minute and then Rose uh, just before half time with the second. So, um, yeah, I think that might, well, I don't know. It, as you, exactly as you say, Lauren, it's hard to say given the conditions of Saturday and without knowing... Yeah, I can't imagine that Grimsby was particularly delightful. It's it's coastal and, uh, you know, I think Crew definitely missed some chances. Um, but, yeah, I think a great result for Grimsby. And I think it's interesting, like, looking at the Grimsby fan base, how much that they have embraced David Artel and were willing for it to be for him to be a project manager and for him to be getting results when they have you know really really struggled this season is really nice i think for him for his confidence he's been out of manage managing for just over a season um but for grimsby as well and for the grimsby fans they've not had much good news since well i guess really since the um their cup run came to an end last season. So all these things that I never thought I'd say, like oh, <laughs> having a lovely time, like, oh, I'm not scouncy. Yeah, <laughs> changes us <laughs> doing this. Um, but in terms of, you know, match play pretty much equal in terms of possession. Grimsby did have more shots than more shots on target. Um, but yeah. 2-1 yeah. to Grimsby, not a, not a result that I would have predicted, I don't think, given no. whose prominence this season they've been. They have been not consistent, but steady, and mm -hmm. their results have not been particularly surprising. I think the, when Salford beat them, that was an outlier. But generally, they're you know they're a fairly safe bet, which is not something you can say for a lot of the teams in in League Two at the moment. Um, and that wasn't the only one on Saturday with a returning manager. So Colchester and Crawley. It was obviously Matty Everington's first game against Crawley, so he was there for a grand total of. I think 32 days uh, before he left this time. This time last year, I think it was just for the um, for the Christmas break. Um, and he's obviously gone to Colchester and the various kind of problems that there's been with with their um, legalities of, of that move. But they were doing brilliantly. So I think they've got something like 10 points from 12 after he joined. And then a caretaker and then slowly are kind of slipping down. So Corley, again, started the season extremely well, kind of booking booking expectations, definitely. But you can't argue that Scott Lindsay hasn't done a great job. And that's one of the things that Matty Etherington said going into the game, that, you know, he had nothing but respect for what Scott Lindsay had achieved, um, I guess, achieving what he had failed to do at Crawley. Um, but they uh, it takes them, so that win takes them into 11th. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, we were seeing Crawley at the top of the table, um, but they they have slipped. And it'll be interesting to see what they do in their transfer window as well, because 
historically they've gone you know, they've lost a lot of place in Gillingham I don't know why that is um but they've been recruiting from the National League and they are very you'd let on Lauren very kind of stats heavy data driven nice. um, and that's why they're um that's why they're fishing around in the National League um there are some gems in the National League. I do definitely think that there are definite um, player gems in the National League. Yeah. And that's why it's, it, I can't remember what the guy was called at um, Aldershot that, um, oh, see, Jake, I can't remember. Um, but that's where these cup runs are really good for them in terms of highlighting their. Um, their skills and kind of getting some eyes on them because obviously the scouts go off data and stuff on optostats and um and we scout and all of that but you know bbc2 on a wednesday night just you know just saying everyone stop all counting <laughs> bbc2 on wednesday night why what people will watch it now and we'll be jinxed no <laughs> no it's gonna be like bolton all over again that was on bbc2 wasn't it I got on screen that day. I was screaming, get in, and my face is bright up on the screen. It's awful. <laughs> Jake Hodgson. It's just come to me. Jake, yes. Jake. I knew it was yeah. Jake Josh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, these, these cup runs are, um, and the kind of increased profile for those, that helps. Um, but, yeah, not much else. I mean, Crawley this year have been quite, We've not had the drama that we had no. from the last season. Um, they've just been quietly. And, you know, I think everyone tipped them to go down. They mm. seem to have done enough in the transfer window. They weren't spending. There was kind of backroom issues. But, I mean, they still don't have a CEO. Um, and that was a commitment that they made to the Sporters Trust, which which hasn't been delivered on. So, it, you know, it's not all rosy, but it's at least calmer. And yeah. there hasn't been the same level of like the publicity stunts and all of the things that were antagonising the fans last season haven't been at least so visible from an outside point of view. Okay. Right, let's have an ad break and then we'll come back and talk about what should we talk about next? We done oh Tranmere. Tranmere oh, yeah. and Tram yeah. Definitely. Cinderella story. It's definitely. <laughs> right. Cool. So I'll Tranmere and Newport then. Get some dinner in me. <laughs> um, Connor Jennings, his name just went totally out of my head. Man. <laughs> he scored in like the 88th minute, didn't he? It's always yeah. exciting when they score that late on. Um, it's mm. a last minute winner as well. And uh, Trammy have extended their unbeaten, unbeaten league record now. Crikey. Which is a massive turnaround and massive. not something that... Yeah, fair deal. Yeah, and maybe, I don't know, it was always, like Nigel Adkins always seemed like a slightly 
safe appointment to me, similar to Jeb Brannan at Morecambe, like an internal job that, you know, they they have the opportunity to get in, you know, a headliner. And maybe he just needed the autonomy and to know that the board had their confidence in him. Uh, still not heard anything about a sale of Tranmere. There was rumours of a sale a few weeks ago that was imminent, going to be imminently announced. It's always going to be imminently announced. Isn't yeah. it? Um, but that doesn't seem to have happened. Uh, but yeah, they're definitely um, climbing up in Newport. have been on a really good run of form recently. So obviously they ended Stockport County's um, winning streak. And then... It said they, they won again the following week, didn't they? I can't remember who they beat. Um, yeah, but they, yeah, so they're um, back to, <laughs> that sounds awful, <laughs> back to the way, where they were, but they're in they're in 15th. There was no change to their league position um, based on uh, Saturday's result. Uh, but they like Stockport, like Swindon, like Accrington are on 21. Whereas the teams around them, so they've got Bradford above them on 20. They've got Morecambe and MK Dons on 19 um, because uh, I think both have had international call-ups and, and games games cancelled in MK Dons uh, situation. Um, and then just below them, they've got Walsall, Doncaster and Harrogate all on 24 points, played 20 games, so a game in hand over them. Um, they're in quite a perilous situation. As are Bradford, um, just above them with one left, one less gameplay. Uh, Bradford should have played Salford on Saturday. Again, waterlogged pitch. So now I, I don't know whether it suited them not to play it. They there are rumours that the Bradford players were out for their Christmas do in Manchester on Saturday night. Don't know. How <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I do quite like the idea that they'd be like, no, nah, let's shoot give it a miss and we'll just, you know, have a nice time out. But do you know what? In fairness, um, that uh, kind of camaraderie and, you know, Pete Wilde talks about it at Barrow in terms of, you know, how the team get on together. It does make a massive difference and it might, it might be what oh, they need. But I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's not as cynical as that. Um, anything else on Tranmere Newport States before we move on? Well, they had a lot of shots. Um, Tranmere 14 in total, but um, I think only three were on target. But you've just got to go for it sometimes, and I think it, it kind of paid off for them in the end, really, didn't it? Um, around about 60% possession for them as well, so they've definitely turned the corner for mm -hmm. sure. Um, I'm, fa I'm fairly sure that Connor Jennings scored for Tranmere against Newport in a playoff final in like the 119th minute or something yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so they'll have, um, particularly, I mean, I love Connor Jennings. I think it's really nice. He was great at Stockport. He did well at Hartlepool, but obviously they went down and he, yeah. he moved back to Tranmere, which, you know, I think. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Lovely for him. It's kind of full circle in terms of what he achieved there and um, the the kind of the playoff drama and all of that. And actually, I was, uh, who was I talking to? Kieran, the Newport fan. And I was saying that you can't say a bad word about Connor Jennings after everything he's gone through. And if you search for uh, Connor Jennings on the FIFA website, there's an article talking about how he epitomizes resilience, like human resilience. And it's a really interesting read. So anyone who, um, Connor Jennings is another of those people that I particularly rave about just in terms of how lovely is this person, but what he's achieved and what he's um overcome is really really significant uh, and it's great to see him being really successful at Tranmere and being allowed to play in where that suits him because I think prior to Adkins that's what he was struggling with definitely yeah. 100% it's really nice seeing him um because I I was worried because he was really ill when he was with us and I we well I think everyone or a lot of people were worried that we'd never see him play again to so to see him not only playing again but playing so well getting last like late minute winners it's just so like heartwarming um and I'm just in awe basically absolutely yeah when he went back to Tranmere I was almost like I don't know it was almost like oh is he just gonna sit there as a squad player is it like uh almost a charitable like we'll bring bring him home to see out you know the end of his career and it's it's absolutely not been that and you really you shouldn't expect anything different from him because um how he is right let's oh we'll do more come stop first not that there's that much to say about it uh, and then we'll finish off with Wimbledon and Swindon Seems um, like player for you the video that you sent me was the wind oh my goodness I, I was so lucky because we were in me and my dad were in um in a box in the fancy seats with padded padded seats and sh- like covered but also um protected I went to the loo at half time and the toilets are on the back of the like I guess the stand facing where the wind and the wind and the rain was horrific I I cannot imagine what it's like to play in that. Jed Brannan, bless him, stood on the te- like the edge of the technical area talking to his players the whole time. I don't imagine that they could hear him. I honestly assume that he has no voice because it was absolutely wild. Yeah, the video, the corner flag, um, towards the end, there was a, a Morecambe player trying to take a corner 
and he was saying to the referee, like, I can't, what am I supposed to do? Because the corner flag was just going. He couldn't kind of get round it to play it. So in the end, he kind of moved the ball to as far right as he could and almost kind of took it at an angle to go round. But half the time, you didn't need to, the, the way the ball was going in terms of like putting curves on it, just doing ridiculous things. The Morecambe goalkeeper, bless him, in the second half, um, kicking into the wind, stood no chance whatsoever. And I think if County could have done anything differently, it would have just been to bang shots in from wherever because <laughs> there could have been the off chance that the wind could have taken it and it, it would go in. Um, Morecambe had a very, very simple game plan in terms of getting players behind the ball and going on the counter. And it worked for them with, with that goal. I mean, Ethan Pye's coming for some stick about it. Um, it went straight through Fraser Hortel's feet. It was just like, but honestly, it was one of those games where, I don't know, I'm, I was happy to come away with a point in the end. Um, it's, I mean, it wasn't unplayable in terms of the the ball wasn't, there was no standing water on the pitch. The pitch looked beautiful, actually. When we turned up, it didn't stay that way. And I kind of maybe worry for the games that they've got on over the next few weeks. But, yeah, I think both teams, and Michael Mellon went off injured. I don't know what his um, prognosis is because he's been on, he's on loan for the year and has, has done really well for them. He's scored. Um, Stockport County lost Sars. He's out for two to three months potentially. Um, so only just back from a shoulder injury. So we're now in. I don't know what you do. We're probably approaching an injury crisis in terms of. I think the main issue is all of the injuries are quite long-term injuries. They're not sort of oh, it's a week, it's a pulled hamstring, they'll be back in the next Saturday game. It's like most of them are two, three months and that's it's getting to the point where they're not coming back because we had a really nice point of a player back every week. Yeah. And it seems like they get player going out every week but for much longer periods of time. Yeah. So, yeah. so midfield... I, I think a couple of teams are getting a bit more um, injury prone though. I know... The past few times when I've been listening to commentaries, they've said injury plagued on all different mm -hmm. sides. So I think it's it's just getting to that point in the season where people are picking up little niggles and things like that. But I do yeah. think it helps with the pure amount of games that the lads have mm -hmm. to play in League Two, like the Bristol Street Rovers Cup, obviously the league games, that, and then the FA Cup. Like it's just, I'm not surprised that there's more injuries now um because yeah. it must take so much toll on your body just to well just to play just one league never mind the cup games <laughs> as well Sometimes, like yeah, we had three games within um i forgot now i was there as well we had the fa cup game on the sunday i think it was a cup game on the tuesday and then we played Someone on the Saturday was that supposed to be Forest Green? Just gone. I think it was. Yeah, so that would have been three. Yeah, we'd have been the same as that. Yeah. I don't think that's right. Like, that's not, 
it can't be good for their body at all. There's barely a yeah. break at all, is it? Yeah. And that's where, you know, I I had said, and, you know, I think I, I generally don't talk about us with much ego. I'm very pragmatic and sometimes get criticised for that. But, you know, we had that squad depth. We didn't always have it during that run. Like, mm -hmm. playing Accrington and, re like, we were bare bones kind of throwing academy players on. Um, but as Lauren said, players were coming back. And then now we're in that proper kind of fixture congestion yeah. point of the season. It's going to get worse for some yeah. team because you, you know yes great you have a good cup run you get money in the pot for January um you get tv coverage and you get the money for that but the toll when you don't have the squad depth you, you've got to and you know we we went out the Bristol Street Motors Cup on Wednesday against Wigan and it was kind of like oh well at least that's one that we don't have to worry about anymore yeah um, and I'd be interested to see what kind of squad Charlie puts out on Wednesday for this cup replay because the cup replay against the National League team is just the last thing that you want on in December when there's enough going on anyway. Yeah, so, we went yeah. out as well on the Bristol Street Cup, didn't we, against um, Burton Albion, League One, but we played most of our younger players um Aaron James oh my son is obsessed with him he loves him so much he's, he's so promising he really is he's nice. a really good player I think he's got huge potential in the future for sure but I was talking to him after the game and he said I could feel the pitch freezing as I was playing I was like really he's like yeah like I could feel it hard underneath my feet that's where injuries happen as well mm. like you know, with um with stars of it is cruciate you, know, you just get your your studs caught at a funny angle yeah. and you know go over it doesn't take much um Walsall have had uh I'm I'm, I'm sure it's a massive contributor to uh to their win but uh earrings back he's been out for a good 10 months I think and he was back on Saturday he's 24 like we've got Ryan Rydell who's out with like missed pretty much the whole season I think when you're young to have that amount of time out yeah. is it must just be psychologically really That's damaging yeah. yeah um and I think that how you spend that time is important as well like um, Macaulay Southam Hales is notoriously injury prone but when he was injured last season he spent the time in the gym like doing upper body stuff and, and rehabbing rather than I don't know feeling sorry for himself yeah. whatever. I mean he did play a lot of computer games uh, same with Kyle Wooten you know came back much physically stronger physically much stronger um, I think that makes a difference as well. And I think clubs and players are probably becoming much more attuned to that. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of talk between Wrexham fans at the moment um, about some of our players, you know, that are injured all the time, like Hayden, Aaron Hayden. Um, he just goes down when no one's near him. 
he put it down <laughs> on the floor. Um, he did recently, and he was taken off. Um, and we haven't heard much about what what's up. Um, it looked like his hamstring to me, but just mm -hmm. assuming. But yeah, there's a lot of talk of, well, do we keep him because? Parky hasn't mentioned extending his uh, contract yet, where he has with James Jones, for example. So, and Hayden's probably one of the strongest defenders out there as well. He's he's good, but his injury injuries because of so often are causing us issues now defensively. Yeah. So, do you hang on to someone that's so injury prone? Because mm. he is one of our solid defenders or do we start shopping about now because it's quite split from what I've been hearing having conversations with other Wrexham fans because you get kind of attached to some players as well don't you yeah absolutely um but you also we want to go somewhere as well don't you as a team any team do so mm -hmm. is it time to drop some of them players are so injury prone Mm -hmm. I've seen that. Yeah, it's interesting because I remember talking to a scout about um, Maka last season and him saying, you know, we wouldn't touch him because he is so injury prone. Mm. But, you know, and I think the contracts up this year, you know, there would have been last season, there would have been county fans saying, you know, do you know what? He's too erratic. We should let him go, like, release him. This season, he's been. Absolutely been great, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's the that's the counter argument that exactly, you know, yeah. let them let them recover. What's the saying? The the comeback's stronger than the setback. Setback, yeah. Um I think it depends on the um structure of the team that they're at as well. Because obviously, um I mean we had a um we've had a change recently in um counties sort of training and person the person that was sort of no yeah. injuries but I think um Stockport has a really good um gym and rehab system whereas other clubs maybe not don't have those options for their players mm -hmm. and so they're probably more likely to get rid of injury prone people just because mm -hmm. like they don't have as much chance of recovering as well or coming back yeah. stronger and they'll take longer to get more match fit again yeah. um so i think that's definitely a sort of discussion that they need to have depending on the club and i think yeah, yeah that's different per club i can't remember who it, was, who it was that told me but said that louis barry's back with a i don't i like this is i can't even remember who it was to know whether it was a reliable source might have been my dad um that louis barry was back with us training and the fact that villa have trusted us with his kind of rehab and recovery says a lot I think yeah. about that that you know yes he could be looked after by them at like a premier league level with th those resources um because every club in the EFL has the ability to send players to rehab at St George's um St George's Park where the England uh players train but often they don't take advantage of it because they don't know about it but also because you know to get any value from it you have to go for a period of time that takes them away from the team and it's not so much uh you know immediate injury thing it's a rehab thing and you know the kind of argue argument there that you're handing over care um 
so yeah, it's a resource that doesn't get used. But interestingly, it's a resource that's not available to women playing in the women's football league. It's just for the men. So there's an argument for you know resources that could be used, um, mm. but aren't necessarily being so. Yeah, that needs to change, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Treatment just like the men, if they're injured, <laughs> don't they? Um, right, so last up is the goal fest, the only goal fest. I think there was no more than three goals in any other game. Uh, no more than two for any team. And Wimbledon put four past Swindon on Saturday. So, <laughs> um, Swindon fans have got a lot going on, it's fair to say. Um, in common with, oh, and I meant to say actually, Morecambe, interestingly, uh, had the board had come under pressure, I think it was last week, uh, but obviously we've not had a podcast about. Um, kind of pressuring the co-chairman to sell. The, the club's been up to sell for a long time. And uh, the board was uh, was being, or the chairman were being criticised for not entertaining decent offers, basically, and just kind of saying, like, similar to what's happened at Hartlepool, the club's up for sale, but, you know, it's, we've not had anyone interested. Um, and the the consortium or the um, the businessman that would had been interested previously in the year was there on Saturday, so hopefully that's starting to get a little bit more momentum as well because I think they're a club that are not particularly strong financially um, and just having kind of a little bit more direction and maybe some financial uh, like a cash injection will yeah. be for them they obviously got some money for Derek uh, McAdams going to Ross County um but they've gone with Jed Branham which I suspect was uh um for financial reasons perhaps as well as being internal and in, in everything that's going on so Michael called <laughs> this and this is this is impressive given some of Swindon's uh, results this season their worst performance of the season um so some stats they've uh con conceded 40 goals in 21 league games so far which is only exceeded by Sutton and Colchester but just below or just above Notts County so you know it's all relative um yeah he said that he thought they were awful for the first half an hour. It's the worst they've been all season. We were very poor defensively, and I don't just mean the defenders. Um, so he said that we've got to improve, and I've got I've got to improve in that area, which is it's interesting that he's taking some accountability for it because they're yeah. they are ninth. That you know they've I was been just about to say, yeah, it, it could be worse considering what that club is going through, the fans and and the players as well. Um, it could be worse. They're, they're in ninth, like yeah. fair, yeah. fair way. You know, it, it could be worse. Yeah, they they had a shitty loss over the weekend, a quite heavy one. But they're in ninth. I mean, they've got to be pretty. I wouldn't say pleased, but you know, 
after in the grand that, scheme of things yeah not exactly. about it. yeah yeah that would be my eye argument if I was a Swindon fan right now I'd be like we're ninth I'm not, I'm not yeah, too yeah, but no, I mean not <laughs> to characterize the Swindon fans because I'm doing that. I'm like doing their podcast tomorrow, so they may well have listened to it by then. But they, you know, as a fan base, they're not. They don't. They're not. They're not half glass half full. Generally. Yeah. Um. Well, that's unfair, I think, to, for some of them. But they they are frustrated because it's not just this season it's last season you know there were um, there were similar rumblings and kind of consternations when they were I think they were fifth last season I remember thinking like mm. what are you complaining about you're in fifth like things are going really really well um and then changing management more backroom stuff going on um and they've got Barrow next Barrow oh, uh, on an Eaton run and third, I'm not looking forward to playing them on Boxing Day. Um, they are, they are, they're quietly creeping up, and it's really funny because, like, people say, "Oh, you know, I wouldn't absolutely wouldn't have expected that." The writing was on the cards; it really was. Like, Pete Wilde has these kind of three-year plans and last year was his like consolidation I mean they, they, they finished just outside playoffs with one of the smallest budgets in League Two and the favourites for relegation at the beginning of the season and so <laughs> exactly so this season is his like I don't know like you build on that consolidation and he, he was the same when he was at Halifax. It was three years. Um, and then, you know, potentially you move on um, when you've achieved what you can do. Um, but he, yeah, I think Barrow are definitely to watch. They are, oh, yeah. they do have um, injuries. Like, I mean, Lacroix has been great for them, but was like, wasn't allowed to do the crossbar challenge when we recorded that because, um he wasn't doing full training probably having a week off has been brilliant for them I'd imagine but that did you see the pictures of the Barrow pitch on Friday yeah it was I did see one with ducks on it I don't know whether they photoshopped it um I should maybe have interrogated it a bit more but they um yeah it the pitch was I mean there was there was no it's way they yeah. no that. way 24 hours um so yeah has said he's been working towards the January transfer window he knows the budget available the problem with Swindon and Swindon will say Swindon fans will say this themselves they don't always come out stronger from their transfer windows Mm. because They've got Jake Young is likely to go back to Bradford. Uh, Dan Kemp is likely to go back. Well, he will be recalled and then probably resold by MK Dons. Um, I know that Saidu Khan has been linked with both Wrexham and Stockport. Uh, so he's a risk, um, but would potentially be going out to the AFCON um, at the beginning of the year anyway for Gambia. So he's saying he knows what he can spend 
and what he can't spend. And he's got to strengthen in the areas they need it. And ultimately, they're conceding too many goals. But it might not be a defender. It might be a midfielder. So it's that suggests to me quite a limited budget. Yeah. We're not talking two or three players. We're talking one, yeah. hopefully, which is a risk in terms of kind of putting all your eggs in one basket, I think. Definitely. But, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the the game itself, uh, Ali Al Hamadi scored two, I think, of the of the four goals. He's another one that I would be surprised. Mind you, I said this all the summer. I was like, "There's no way Ali Al Hamadi will still be at Wimbledon in um, in August," and he very much was, um, and still was in September. Uh, but whether that continues um i know that league one clubs were going in for him over the summer and wimbledon weren't happy to let him go either for the the price that they were offering or um maybe it was a mismatch and he had quite a slow start to the season but he has been incredible over the last few weeks months um so might be an opportunity for Wimbledon to um, to use that money to strengthen the the team in other areas. They've got Connor Lemonhay Evans and Joe Lewis, who are both mm. on. I want to say, oh, and they might be on twelve month loans actually um, from Stockport. But as we've said, Stockport are struggling as well. So you know, whether they get recalled, Connor Evans particularly has played brilliantly. I watched them. Um, who did they play the other week? Uh, someone in the... Uh, it was on TV. Oh, well. It was a, a midweek cup game. Um, and he was brilliant uh, for for them. But Swindon, we were saying about teams being inconsistent, Swindon beat um, Wimbledon 5-1 last season. So, the, you know, things are roundabouts. Um <laughs> Um, Swindon's performance though in this game it shouldn't take anything away from um, Wimbledon at all because they, they were class there I mean they had there was an absolute screamer of a goal I couldn't I couldn't remember who it was by um, who was it I think it might have been Armani uh, Armani but, um, but that was their like sixth um, successive home win in all competitions but yeah. like that's that's a good level of form coming on um so even though i know um the swindon manager wasn't particularly happy with their performance mm-hmm. i don't think that takes away from a brilliant yeah. performance by wimbledon as well yeah and and swindon had 57% of possession um but wimbledon made more of it and the shots on target um, nine to one, which says an awful lot. Quite really. telling, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> um, but it was Al Hamadi's thirteenth goal of the season in uh, in injury time. His second. Yeah, eleven minutes, wasn't it? Be interesting to see what happens there. Um, I don't know. I think he, he has. To, I think Stoke was were one of the teams that were that were kind of sniffing around and we'll see 
I'm quite I'm really looking forward to the transfer window I like the January one because it doesn't it's not because it's more compact it doesn't there's not so much uncertainty and then like nothing happening for weeks yeah. like the summer um love a bit of transfer transfer deadline drop you've got a better idea as well of how the players are performing that season so obviously mm -hmm. the the break is quite long in between seasons so the summer one you don't actually quite like you can't fully decide whether you're excited or not as a fan until you uh, see them in the league, and uh, yeah. you're able to do that a lot more with the, the the January window. It'll be interesting to see whether there are any massive turnarounds like there were last season. I mean, Forest Green are the the candidate for that if if they think they can do it, but I don't know. I mean, sometimes it's not enough just to throw money at the situation and. Um, you know, Gillingham were relatively because they did what Stockport did last summer and, and completely overhauled the team, and then that team has to learn to play together. Yeah. So you can't expect them to to start um, winning immediately. But yeah, I mean Crawley turned it around under Scott Lindsay last season um, and did you know took took a while to get going and it was only really the last couple of months that 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 happened the season finished seems to finish really early this season everything's early this year like Easter's early half term's early um so it'll be it'll be honors before before we know it yeah um let's have a quick look at the games this weekend so Saturday the 16th we've got Crawley Mansfield, which so Mans I think Mansfield will have been glad for the the week off. Um, crew Alexander, crew crew Alexander, crew Accrington, um, <laughs> Donny, um, uh, Gilling and Bradford City, Harrogate Notts County, MK Dons Forest Green Rovers, also two of the two of the League One relegation teams, uh, Newport Grimsby. Salford, Wimbledon, Stockport County and Sutton, Charlotte's the, Charlotte's the flag bearer, I'm so excited, uh, Swindon, Barrow, Walsall, Tranmere and Wrexham and Colchester. I don't know, I think the interesting ones are probably Swindon, Barrow, Walsall, Tranmere, given their kind of recent, maybe Newport, Grimsby as well. Um, yeah. Not, I don't know, there's not really any in there. I mean, Crew, Crew Accrington would be interesting in terms of what happens next in terms of you know their kind of trajectory um in terms of form but yeah and whether Bradford can continue there like they had a little bump under Graham Alexander with now an extra a week off to to prepare that'll be interesting as well. Um yeah think we're probably all the way through I wonder how many of I don't know what the weather forecast is like how many will fall Good. foul we're supposed to have bad weather the next few days apparently so oh, really? I thought yeah let's have oh. a look shall we? <laughs> you see you get everything from this yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think Sutton's like Sutton for us on Saturday is supposed to be dry. 
I really hope that we can return to to winning ways, but yeah, we'll see. Oh, it's supposed to be dry on Saturday for us. Okay. Ten degrees with a bit Thursday, Friday though. Sun Friday, Thursday, bit of rain. Uh-huh. Okay. Is it tomorrow? I might have given yeah, it. Yeah, it might they've got covers on. And yeah, it's gonna be fine. There's gonna be loads of football this weekend. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um so we <laughs> we'll have the breakdown on Thursday night. Um which oh I don't know, it'd be fun if we could get Swin Swindon and Barry fans on to have to see their uh, to preview their game on Saturday, and then there'll be the six oh six on Sunday. And we'll be back in some combination of co-hosts next week. So thanks for listening. Uh, you can find all of the Look Sports Media podcasts on uh, Spotify, on Apple, on Amazon, um, on our website, which is looksportsmedia.com. And you can find us on Twitter uh, at Look Sports Media, where you can also vote for the Look Sports Media 2023 Awards. They've probably got a grander name than that, but I can't remember what it is. Um, but it's an opportunity to vote for your favourite um, EFL podcasts and um, journalists and content producers. And uh, there's DEI categories. There's all sorts. It's very well-rounded. Oh, players, clubs. Yeah, it's a very comprehensive list. You don't have to put something for everything. I kind of sat there yesterday. I was like, I mean, can't think of like something I can't remember what, what it was like club photographer I was like oh Mike Patch he's the, the county one but couldn't think of anything else so you don't have to put something for every category you can leave them blank um, and also on YouTube you will see our Barrow crossbar challenge uh, to see how many of the Barrow players hit the crossbar from the halfway line uh, and also the recent interviews with Richie Wellens and Nathan Arnold, which is a mental health special, and um, Pete Wilde, if you haven't listened to that yet, Pete Wilde. Uh, so thanks so much, Stace and Lauren. Um, we'll see you again soon, and uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye now. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.